We go stateside now with Graham Agars as we look at what has been an incredible US Open so far. Now, so much interest in this match and all the matches we've seen and still more to come come semi-finals time. But first, we focus on what has just happened. It's getting very late uh, over there in Arizona, but you're still up. You're still watching it. You often used to joke with me back in the radio sport days that uh, it is basically the US Open. It's the New York hostage crisis. They keep you there for so long. Nothing's changed. Three in the morning before that five-setter. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, this poor Spanish kid, Alcaraz, finished uh, just on 3 a.m., as you said, New York time, and uh, went uh, to 2.22 a.m. against Chilich earlier in the tournament. So I, I'm glad he's Spaniard because uh, they don't mind the late hours, but this really is pushing it even for this teenager. But what an amazing victory. Uh, I thought he had chances to actually wrap this thing up against Yannick Sinner in straight sets, but blew them all and then got dragged into a five-setter that went, believe it or not, five hours and 15 minutes, as we said, finished just before 3 a.m. with a pretty decent crowd still in the stadium watching it, and he moved through to take on Francis Tiafo. Uh, the young American saying in his press conference yesterday um, when he won that he hoped that uh, no, uh, that uh, Sinner and Alcatraz went for a long, long time. Well, he got his wish. In fact, a, a record late finish and a five-hour and 15-minute match. So Francis Tiafo could be the man that steals this championship. And who would have picked that at the start of the fortnight? Yeah, so I won't say comfortably, but he did it in three over Rublev, uh, 7-6, 7-6, So definitely the more refreshed of the two, as you said, um, Alcaraz, uh, consecutive five setters. But let, let's talk about Sinner, because he had opportunities as well, but he let them go too. Was it a case of who played, well, who didn't fail to get over the line, if you know what I mean, Graham? Yeah, the fact of the matter is there was just nothing between these two kids. I mean, these are bright young stars emerging on the ATP Tour as, as the heavyweights, you know, Federer and Nadal and maybe Djokovic start to fade away. These are the young guys that are putting up their hands. And this is probably one of the best tennis matches that's ever been played at the US Open. It's a pity that, you know, only three and a half, four thousand people left in the stadium to watch it. But that's the way it is in New York. It's never really going to change. Uh, and in the end, the young Spaniard moves on. He's got a day and a bit now to try and get ready to take on uh, Tiafo in the uh, in the semi-finals, and we'll see what he brings. He's a big, strong lad, so hopefully he can make a semi-final of it. And as the top seed left in the championship at number three, uh, apart from this match, really was the favourite to take out the title. We don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, which I think in the media we do quite a lot. When I say we, I mean me. I'm not accusing you of this, uh, Graham Agars. But, but but finally, are we getting this turning of the tide, this changing of the guard? Is that what's made this tournament so compelling? The fact is we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of young tennis talent finally showing their wares. Or is this a, a false dawn? Because, of course, there is no Novak there. And we've got a Roger that's not there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I think it is It is the turning um, of of the era, really. Uh, Federer and Nadal, for all intents and purposes, are pretty much done. You never, you never know what those guys could, you know, pull out of the hat. But basically, they were at the very, very end of their career. Novak, of course, has got his own way this year, missing out um, on a couple of championships because he won't get vaccinated. 
And uh, I think at the end of his career, whenever that is, he'll look back and rue those two decisions because these were tournaments that he in Australia and here that he could easily have won. But he's not here, so there's no you know there's no point uh, crying over that spilt milk because it's his own fault that he's not doing it. But what that's done, of course, is give these young kids the chance to put their hand up and to feel what it's like to play at the business end of a major championship. And um, they're going to be unstoppable once they get rolling, I'm sure of that. Who do you like out of the four semi-finalists? Um, Hakanov, who got rid of uh, poor-tempered Kyrgios, he's the, the furthest away seed-wise is concerned. But is there much between these players? Yeah, it's, it's so hard to pick, isn't it? I, I think Kasparud is now the favourite to win the championship. Um, he's a quiet achiever. But, you know, I've been very, very impressed with the way he's handled himself during this championship. And he's got a, a matter of a fact, you know, matter of fact way about him. He doesn't get too caught up in all the hype. He sort of cruised through under the radar for most of the championship. The first week, of course, belonged to one Serena Williams. So, uh, you know, I think he's the guy that everybody's going to have to watch out for now because I think Alcaraz has got no chance of surviving this and then what would be a bruising encounter with a, a much fresher Tiafo and then try and win a final. So I... I think Casper Rude might be the guy that sneaks through, and I think if he wins it, he takes the number one ranking. With the women's side of the draw, Garcia Jabur is one semi-final. The other is Svantec Sabalenka. Is it a case of it's going to be pretty easy pickings for Svantec? I don't like saying that because if I do, it's going to turn pear-shaped on me. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't think she's been playing that well at the US Open. In fact, she sort of admitted it in the press conference earlier. Uh, yesterday now is um, that, you know, she came in without too much confidence after some poor form in lead-up tournaments and has surprised herself by making it to the semi-final. I think Sabalenka might have too much power for it. Uh, and, and if Sabalenka can serve well, I think she'll win that match. But the one I've been watching all the way through the championship is Carolyn Garcia, um, 28 years old now and sort of a doubles player that was competent in singles. Uh, but has just caught fire at this age of her career, um, picking up wins all over the world this year and played beautifully uh, right throughout the championship. So I think she will beat uh, Jabua. It won't be easy. And then um, I think she could go on and take the take the final, and, you know, and that would be a fitting finish to a, to a remarkable women's championship that said farewell to Serena Williams in the first week and then, asked anybody that wanted to put up their hand in the second week to go and claim the championship. Well, I'll give you the tip, listeners. I'll take Graham Agar's word over mine any day of the week. And just one last thing, Graham, before we let you go. And again, thanks very much for joining us at this late hour over there uh, in America. Uh, Kyrgios, um, fine through the teeth again. He's not going to stop, though, is he? The frustration that bubbled over after uh, losing yesterday. We just accept that now? Do they have to give him more fines? Does it really matter? Is it okay for him to show his frustration? Because his circus carries on from Grand Slam to Grand Slam, although so I can understand his frustration because this was a great opportunity for him. Yeah, he said that in, in the interview room afterwards, he felt he let everybody down because, you know, he's finally focused and playing really decent tennis, but you can't win them all. And, um, you know, he's got to learn that. I mean, if he was a Formula One car, he'd qualify on pole for every race. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And then there's smoke coming out the exhaust pipe you know, halfway through most of the races. But when, when he holds it all together, he's absolutely phenomenal. And there was no question, no question 
that he was the favourite player of the second week of the championship until he bowed out, of course, in the quarterfinal. So, you know, I, you never know with Nick. You never know how he's going to regroup after this. He's talking about maybe not playing regular tour events. He only wants to worry about the majors. Um, he's talking about going back and taking a long break out of the game. But then it wouldn't surprise me if he saw him playing again in two weeks. Um, he's unpredictable. He always will be. But when he puts it together on the court, uh, it's it's the best entertainment in tennis right now. And on that note, we'll let you get on with the rest of your, well, what is essentially early morning. Graeme Haycast, thanks very much for your time here on News Talk ZB. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Darcy. Enjoyed it.